Construction Champions. It's your host, Ron Newsbaum, and we're here for another amazing episode of Construction Champions Podcast, where we're burning the house down every day on every episode. We're making it happen, and we're rebuilding it. Not just you, not just your business, but the construction industry as a whole. And I'm super excited about today's guest as I move my screen around a little bit here. Jeremy, it is great to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, man. Looking forward to this. Man, I've been looking forward to it too. We got, we've actually been introduced to each other a couple of different times by different people. We've had the opportunity to meet, have conversations. You're doing great things. And I've been looking forward to this conversation. So why don't you let all the construction champions out there know who you are and yeah. what you do, just kind of your story. how do you get here to today? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I, my name is Jeremy Owens. I am owner of two businesses, one, Three Generations Improvements, and we're a remodeling company in Northern California. And the second being U.S. Construction Zone. Um, and that's just a, a side hustle, passion project of mine that I started a few years ago. And so that kind of, uh, you know, chews up some time in terms of like getting on podcasts and doing live shows and pushing out content to the construction industry. So um, both of them have been super rewarding. Um, you know, I am the third generation. So, you know, just a long history in the remodeling industry. It's been a, it's been a fun ride. It's been a wild ride, but very blessed to, uh, to have the construction industry in my life. Awesome, man. Back to back. So we just had Devin O'Hara on here. He's he was the last episode. He's third generation as well. Hey. Uh, still working in his grandpa's business. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So I I'm super excited for our conversation here today. You bring so much knowledge, so much desire for the construction industry and everything that you do. So I'm just, I'm just excited to have you here and have this conversation. So yeah, me we're as well. Dive right in there, and I'm going to ask the million dollar question, and that okay. is, what makes a construction champion? Ooh, um, I for me, it's a it's a thirst for knowledge, uh, being curious. Um, I think you you can't settle and say that you've arrived anywhere. Um, I think there's one thing about the construction industry is that it's there's a low barrier of entry. So if you uh, a lot of us don't have you know business backgrounds or didn't go to business school necessarily. So if you don't have that thirst for knowledge and being curious about how to how to improve as a business owner, a leader, a manager, and just a person, I think you can get stuck really easily. So I think you got to have that thirst for knowledge that you're not, no one's arrived. And uh, I would put definitely myself in that category. Well, I mean, I love that. And I mean, that's why one of the reasons we do stuff like this is to try to help get knowledge out there. I always say this is my favorite thing I do anymore because I get to spend 30 minutes to an hour with somebody like you one-on-one. -on -one. Like you can't buy access like this a lot of times. But with that being said, you're third generation. Mm -hmm. You've been there. You've done it. Mm -hmm. How do you keep that thirst alive? You know what? I, I think I was a little bit stagnant um, in my role with three generations improvements because, you know, I'm an owner, but it's just so day to day. It felt like, you know, being a fireman without a hose all the time, you know, always putting out fires, always being kind of the name and face of the business. Um, but, I, you know, 
I started U.S. Construction Zone to kind of help me with that thirst, right? And just like what you said about being on podcasts, the same with me, doing podcasts, being on live shows, having guests, um, that's what kind of builds me up and fires me up. And so that's kind of helped me with that and and rubbing shoulders with uh, people like you and people in the industry that, hey, I know they know more than I do. I know they're, they're better at X, Y, and Z but more than I am. So why not learn from them? Uh, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm trying to just become better. And so that's definitely the avenue I took to, to you know, get that thirst. quenched. Hmm. <laughs> I love that because we do have to quench it. It's It's one thing to have the thirst, but if you don't have any way to quench it then that becomes a problem and i think now like nowadays in construction i mean i look back a decade ago and think about what the resources that are out there now like Mm -hmm. i mean i wish i would have started doing this podcast a decade ago right i I just think like you there was so much opportunity loss to Mm -hmm. not just be doing it at the time doing just the the day-to-day and but you know it wasn't meant to be we were meant to be having this conversation here now and there's so many great resources no matter where you're at in your journey yeah out there that to me it's amazing what the construction industry is really putting out there these days yeah it definitely is better for the curious minds nowadays right i mean you know there's so many places to get it whether whether that's a podcast or a live show or youtube i mean you can go down a rabbit hole anywhere but i mean you know it's for my grandpa and my dad they didn't have the internet they didn't have i mean their networking was person to person it was conferences it was skin to skin it was phone calls so it was a completely different way of of communicating and staying in touch with your peers but it also was a struggle too you you it was a difficult thing to do. You know, you had to set aside time for networking events. Um, otherwise, you just would, you would have to do it on your own. Yeah. And I mean, you got to grow up and see that happen. I guess, you know, what? You have a unique perspective that you got, you you got to see that. What were some of your takeaways as you watched them struggle uh, that you were like, hey, this is that's not how I'm going to do this. Yeah, good question. I would say, you know, watching them um, really grind hard. I mean, it was it was a difficult industry, especially in the uh, 70s and 80s. And I remember going out with my dad um, when I was, you know, five years old, going out on sales calls, and so just being there and witnessing how hard workers they were but also the effort that they had to put in to keep their contacts. Like I said, they had a, they had an actual Rolodex, you know, they had a Rolodex of their networking people that they would, you know, go to, Oh, I know the person for that. And they would go and they would pick up the phone and they would call. Now, if we're on the road, you had to go to a pay phone, right? There was no cell phone. So it would be lots of quarters and it would be a pay phone. And I'm going to call this person because they're going to help me with that. And so I think I, I learned the good things from them. I also learned um, how to keep your ego in check. And I think in, in the construction industry, that is uh, not an easy one. I think a lot of us have egos and I think a healthy ego is okay. But um, for them to be able to put it aside and, you know, when a, when a customer has a problem, put your, your pride and ego aside and say, hey, let's just let's just fix this. And I think there's such a tendency for us to get 
to have so much pride in our work and you should, but if you think you're right, you know, you dig your heels in and you go, no, I, I am right. And then you just, it creates a big issue. And uh, I've learned how to navigate those rough waters as well. I love how you flipped that is I asked you what was the the bad stuff. And then you uh -huh. talked about what was the good stuff. I mean, that's, yeah. how, do I, that's how I should have asked that question. I love that because that's really what was the good stuff. Like, and you're the ego. Isn't it, it's amazing. Like just when you said like we tend to like, it's just kind of an industry thing. Like mm -hmm. the, I always say we're making emotional decisions or we're talking with emotions instead of just having normal conversations because we get so tied up in our work. We got, and it's, you know, that ego that comes into play because we are very proud of what we do and what we build. And it's just in our nature to yeah. be that way. Yeah. And uh, that's amazing. That is one of the things that you took away was how to keep that in check from the beginning. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a slippery slope. I think, you know, building things, you, you know, from from ground up. Right. I mean, I remember, you know, also my dad and grandpa driving by projects. They did. Hey, check out this one. Check out that one. And you, and you have pride in what you what you've done. And I think that because of the blood, sweat and tears you put into that project. I mean, you spend countless hours and days and some big projects, weeks and years to see it come to fruition. You know, it's hard when there's anything negative associated with it. Right. So to you, that thing is amazing. And it took so much effort by you and your team. And if, if anybody ever says anything wrong, it's just immediately like, oh, what did you say? You know? <laughs> Because they don't know the whole story. They don't know what it took to build it. So, I mean, I think it's it's our nature, right? And I know that it's still, you know, a male-dominated industry, although that's changing. Um, I think that that tends to lead to that as well, is like there's just this pride and ego. Then when you have your peers that have pride and ego and you come together, it just kind of, it can be a little rough sometimes. But you definitely got to just check it at the door and just be like, hey, moving on to the next project. Yeah, because I mean, that's what's better for just all parties. I know I just a year and a half ago, we moved across the country and my wife said, uh, I don't know what you're ever going to talk about in the car ever again, because there's going to be no houses that we ever drive by that you have worked on. <laughs> and you, you just said that. And I thought I thought, man, like this dude's three generations, like he can probably barely get out the driveway without yeah. driving by something. So it's, uh, it's cool. been a yeah. relief for my wife since now we live in North Carolina. Yeah, I've never worked on anything here. So I can't say, oh, man, we did this project over here. There's none of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's cool when you have your kids and you can drive them by with what you're working on and you know, pick them up from school, swinging them by the job site you're working on. They can kind of walk around and see see things work too. So, you know, doing the same thing that that I did with my dad to my kids and, and letting them see see what it what it looks like. You know, not that they need to do it, but uh, at least it's an option for them. I love that. How old are your kids? I have uh, an 18, 16, and 12. So um, all over the place, but my two older uh, are daughters and my youngest is a son. And, you know, who knows? I, I, I'm building my businesses so that it's it's possible, but uh, there's definitely no pressure. You definitely have to have the right mindset for construction, right? <laughs> it's it's uh, it's not for everybody. Well, absolutely. I, I just asked because you talk about bringing your kids to the job site. And I think that's amazing. I think more guys should do stuff like that and be open to that. I think there's 
we tend not to do that because we mm-hmm. I think we try to separate the fa- the job site and the family and all of this but I think your kids should see that they should be introduced to that kind of stuff and you're doing that so you obviously believe the same kind of thing yeah no I'm a big believer in that I, I... I, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of higher education, but not necessarily the college route all the time. I'm a fan of of showing kids all different types of industries and what they look like. And I think being an intern and seeing things actively is a better way of learning. And so, you know, just going to school and think that you're going to be able to find what you love and then go do it without any experience in that industry, I think is a scary thing. And I think that that's been proven for a lot of families that, you know, I'd rather them go, go see it firsthand first and then, and then go get your education if you need it. Or um, if it's a trade, go for it. Let's figure out how to get to A to Z quickly, as opposed to, uh, you know, spending a ton of money at college. (laughs) Yeah. I think one of the things is, is like we talked about pride and ego earlier But for some reason, there's a disconnect when it comes to like with our families in that, like bringing them to the job sites, having pride with them in what you do. Like, hey, we we work in construction. We build things. We swing hammers. This is what we do. There's we kind of don't like as an industry, look at that as like a status kind of thing we have all this pride in what we do but like to bring our kids and family to the job site we're like nah we don't want to bring they don't need to see what this is all like mm-hmm. and i think like there, there's a like it's a kind of a double standard there like we have a lot of pride in what we do but at the same mm-hmm. time we're not pride for enough yeah you know i agree i i mean they they talk about that even um the fact that fathers aren't doing woodworking with their kids as much is the same thing, right? So it's like, you gotta, you gotta show them these dirty things. If you like to do it, show them it, you show them how to swing a hammer or, you know, build a simple box or do, do something like that because they may even have a, have a liking to it, but also they kind of get an idea of, Oh, that's how that works. And Oh, that's not so easy. It just doesn't come from Amazon that way. You know what I mean? Like, that just to have them kind of see see some of that dirty work, um, I think is is important for them, and it gives them a perspective of hard work. And they've seen me working hard since I was since they were born, obviously. So they 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 know what it, what it looks like to be a business owner. And there's pros and cons, right? The pro is that I don't, I've never missed any of their events. I don't miss I don't miss their their recitals and their kids or their sporting events that I get to coach and do all those cool things. You know, the, the downside is um, I'm working a little bit on vacation. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> they, they can see the good and bad. Oh, I mean, you have a great perspective on it. Like, it's like that's you're very, very clean and cut about it and have a, a very upbeat. I think we can get a downbeat about that stuff. But mm-hmm. like it is you got to take the positives with the negatives. Ever, nothing will ever be perfect try to tell people that all the time like you choose your hard you choose your easy you Mm -hmm. choose what this looks like that's the great thing about life is we have the ability to do that chances are it'll never be perfect right you can get it close and you have to learn to enjoy every aspect of it yeah yeah no doubt i mean yeah i mean i i 
I think there is a tendency when you're a business owner to to work 80 hours so you don't have to work 40, you know, right? Like you, once you get used to being a business owner, you go like, oh, I can't go back now because you're just, you're, you have a hard time answering to people. I, I already had that issue before I was a business owner. So I, it was kind of ingrained in me. So to, to think about answering to somebody or like, knocking on my boss's door and be like, Hey, can I uh, duck out a little early today? Uh, my son's got a baseball game, you know, something like that. That terrifies me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it shouldn't, but it, it like, it does. Cause like you're, you're so I'm used to it. I'm, you know, I'm 20 something years in. So I, I can't think of it the other way. Well, you don't want to have to go do that. That's not, mm -hmm. I mean, like, like you said, you, you might have to work a little bit on, vacation but you're there for all those events and you never have to ask anybody it's yeah it to me like that's just that's how it should be we should be mm -hmm. able to prioritize this stuff you should be able to pick your kids up from school take them to the job site take yeah. them home do that kind of stuff because mm -hmm. like that's like typically part of why we start these businesses like why are we here i we talk about it a lot on here is like there was a reason why you decided you wanted to be the boss mm -hmm. and all too often we don't live that. Like we lose sight of that. Like you said, chasing down 80 hours a week. So we don't have to work 40 and we lose sight of what was actually the reason why we started this business. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a great question for everybody. I, I you know, I think for me, it's, it's because I, I wanted to build something on my own and I, I felt that, you know, having experiences out of college, seeing how others were doing it and not being that impressed with it, especially from like a, a management style or leadership style or, you know, just stress levels. Like, Hey, I want to be able to have fun. And like, you know, it should be fun. Work should be fun. Otherwise, what are we doing? So like to, to be in an office where it's not, or where there's like, you're walking on eggshells or you're just like, what are you doing? What am I doing here? You know, um, so it was those kind of moments that shifted my mindset and be like, okay, there's no way I can picture myself here in a year. So let's let's not even like mess around with, uh, you know, let's just go. And so that's kind of how it, how it happened. Yeah, I love it because it should be fun. But we I think we inherently, along with that ego and everything, is we just make stuff not fun sometimes just because it's all oh, this is construction. It's supposed to suck. This mm -hmm. isn't sucking enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think people, when they, when they say it's a job or whatever, that usually does come with a negative connotation. And, and for me, it doesn't, you know, I, I don't struggle Sunday nights. Like a lot of people have the, the anxious Sunday nights because they have to go back to their lives. I know my kids have the anxious Sunday nights because they got to go to school on Monday and <laughs> I don't have that. So I know that I, I I have fun with what I do. I mean, I, there's times I don't want to go to work, but but I still do it, you know, and it you find the fun and you have fun with your crews. You keep things light. You have fun with the homeowners. You just keep things, you know, keep things real. And we're all people. We all make mistakes. And I think for the most part, people, people know that and understand that. But you have to be a real person up front. You have to be authentic. You have to be you know, someone that they picture as like, oh, I can, I can picture myself having a beer with him, you know, as opposed to a sales guy or, 
you know, like <laughs> you, you gotta just be real. And I think that's been my, my strategy, um, in the, in the remodeling industry. I love it, man. You're doing great things. Uh, that shows in every aspect from your company to construction zone and everything you're doing there. So for all the construction champions out there, if they wanted to find you, follow you, connect with you, where's the best places for them to do that? Yeah. Good question. Um, I'd like to say LinkedIn. It's a pretty wild world in there, though. I don't, I'm not always completely caught up because I got my two hats. I got to put take on and off, but definitely follow me there. And then uh, or, or just send me an email. I, I connect with people and, and take calls all the time. I know Ron and I, we had a we had a call during COVID. And I think that was the one cool thing about COVID is that we learned how to do Zoom calls with mm. with people that we probably wouldn't have done that before. So um, uh, Jeremy at usconstructionzone.com. You can email me if you want to set up time to chat. I'm happy to do so. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Yeah. Thank you, Ron. Anytime, man. All right, Construction Champions. Another amazing episode where we talked about being real, being fun, and leaving your damn ego at the door. Like These are basic fundamentals of like if you just want to you know, live a good life, which we should time after time on here. What do I say? Like, just because it's construction doesn't mean it just needs to be miserable. Like this reputation, anything that comes around with it, I think like that's all going away. Like treat it like it's a business, bring your family around, love what you do. There's nothing wrong with loving working in the construction industry. I don't care what anybody says. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. So go do it. Bring people around, have pride in what you do, but don't have an ego. Like Jeremy said, like the industry's got enough of that. Don't have that. You can you can have both. You can be proud and not have, a, have an ego and bring people around. I'm, I love that he takes his family to the job site. That to me is, you know, that I got a five-year-old cash and he absolutely loves construction. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with just like, I'm around it. Like he's around it. He sees it. He understands it. And that's the environment that people should be able to be involved in. Like it shouldn't be something that's like, oh, those are just a bunch of construction workers. Cause we're not. I'm here. I've been saying it. The, the narrative's changing, but you all have to believe it and get out there and do it and be fine with it and be happy. I love that when, when Jeremy just said, you just got to show up and be happy. Like, you know, it's never going to be perfect, but you can be happy and figure it out. So construction champions until next time, be the champion you were meant to be. Hey, construction champions, it's your host, Ron Newsbaum here, and I want to talk to you about how you can automate all of your marketing. We've had so many people on here talk about getting the systems in place. Well, we have partnered with Build 12 and Construction Champions podcast, Les O'Hara, the founder. What really excites me is his 30 years in the industry. 
And now he's built a system to be able to nurture your leads and continue to utilize that. I personally use the system myself. Build 12 is absolutely amazing. There's a lot of value in there. And it's a way to start getting away from Angie's list and all of that kind of stuff and start actually creating your own leads every day and have a system for them. So go on our website, check out the show notes, go check out Build 12 and what it can do for the front end of your business today. It's absolutely amazing. I highly recommend going and meeting with Les and his son, Devin, and talking to him about what they built for their own business so the rest of the industry can take benefit from that. Here on Construction Champions, we're all about helping each other out in what is better than contractors helping contractors. I say nothing. So let's go take this to the next level. Go check out Build 12. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me or Les or his son, Devin. We're here to help. We want to continue to grow the industry.